My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back, Patriots. Welcome back to Conservative Daily. It is Friday, uh, and it's an eventful Friday. So we have a guest this morning. That is, of course, Scott Shara of OurAmazingGrace.net. Uh, Scott is Scott is a warrior, uh, as most of you know. Uh, he's not new to most of our audience. If you've been listening, he uh, tragically lost his daughter, and he has been on a crusade to bring the truth and end this COVID nightmare. Before we bring Scott on, uh, just an update. It just uh, came out. This, the just saw the news article before we got started. Steve Bannon sentenced to four months in prison and a $6,500 fine. Steve Bannon has now been sentenced to prison. And uh, in alignment with the uh, all the rest of the complete weaponization, the destruction of our nation, it is now uh, apparently worthy of prison to call out the corrupt regime, the absolute criminal elements, that have stolen everything from the American people, that have murdered uh, so many Americans, uh, including uh, Beautiful Grace, Scott's daughter, so many other individuals through this COVID agenda, which they've now uh, extended. They're now pushing forward. They extended the uh, emergency uh, powers after Biden, for some inexplicable reason, declared it over, only to be contradicted by uh, pretty much everyone in our government who pretends that they have any authority over the American people anymore. Uh, and even as that all happens, and the January 6th committee continues to lie, uh, now coming out two years later with, uh, you know, 20 minutes of footage from thousands and thousands of hours that show exactly how pathetically disgraceful and deceitful they are, uh, just happening to have Nancy Pelosi's daughter there to record the entire thing. Steve Bannon, of all people, one of the uh, one of the most consistent and relentless patriots that uh, that we know in this nation and certainly one of the highest figures, one of the most well regarded and one of the most uh, one of the most respected figures in alternative media. In fact, you could say he's uh, arguably one of the biggest uh, faces in the alternative media here in the United States, the true media, you know, the media that actually speaks truth and actually 
uh, is willing to look at reality instead of trying to uh, foment one. He is now guilty of prison for what? Calling Swalwell Fang Fang? For calling out Biden and the rest of these liars for the, the lizards that they are? So we'll be covering more of this, but I just had to give you that update. So without any further ado, uh, Scott Char is back. And I know we're going to have a great conversation. It's always uh, a blessing, and it does my heart well to, to have Scott on. Scott, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. Well, that, it does my heart well, too, Apollo. It's it's just a gift to talk with you. You know, we like to try to keep it uh, keep it light on Fridays lately because there's just so many things going on. But uh, I think it's really important to have you on because, frankly, we are in a war, and wars don't get Fridays. Well, I agree. I don't. I don't have anything light to share, and I want to key off first on what you said about the public health emergency being extended. So that got extended last week, Thursday, for another ninety days. That's the anniversary of Grace's uh, murder. Uh, I don't think by by coincidence, but I, I want to connect the dots so people understand what that means, because the public health emergency first went into effect on January twenty seventh of twenty twenty by President Trump. By law, it has to be extended every 90 days. This is this is the tool that they use to keep the illegal agenda moving relative to COVID. So what that extension does is uh, specifically two things. Number one is it extends the immunity from liability under the PREP Act, and it also continues the bonus payments being paid to hospitals to follow protocols that literally kill people. And so you referenced in your open that President Biden on September 19th told the world that the pandemic is over. And yet on September 20th, the very next day I did the the research, the neat thing is all this stuff is available online now from credible sources. There were 28,833 new hospitalizations relative to COVID in the United States for the week ending September 20th, the day after he announced it's over. And you know, roughly the amount of time that people are in, in the hospital then yields the related murders. And on October 5th, there were 1,085 murders of people in the hospitals with COVID. So this keeps continuing at a thousand people a day are, are literally being murdered. So I, I can't shout this from the rooftops high enough to, because you know the, the overall issue is people do not believe that doctors could do this. And that's of course why what our campaign is about is to connect the dots as to in fact, not only can they do this, they are doing it. And Grace was part of that issue and and today it still continues at a thousand murders a day and i want to frame that unless you have a question about that apollo i want to frame that into a lot bigger picture yeah Do you go have ahead. a question right okay so the bigger picture is this so again the statistics these numbers you know when you when you get a grip of the numbers you start seeing oh my gosh they are doing it and from the perspective of a worldwide view, the United States has 335 million people out of 8 billion on the planet, and that is 4.3% of the world's population. We are the only country 
Oh, this is good. You're bringing up the screen that uh, uh, actually I want to just drill down this second one that you have on and then I'll go back to what I was saying. So you'll see the United States, as I mentioned, on September 20th, the weekend of September 20th, we had 28,833 new hospitalizations. So I picked the other six countries and I picked those specifically because they're developed countries similar to the United States. Their combined populations are 12 million more than the United States. And yet the amount of hospitalizations hospitalizations they had for the same week were 17,000 less combined than the United States. So that leads to uh, the numbers don't lie slide. If you have that one, you can bring it up and I'll walk through that. But even if you don't, I'm going to walk through it orally. So the United States, as I said, only has 4.3% of the world's population. So you think, okay, well, that's that's just a statistic. Well, then let's add, we're the only country with over a million hospital hospital deaths related to COVID. We're almost at 1.1 million. Well, that doesn't make any sense given that we're the we only have 4.3 percent of the population. We're the most medically advanced country on the planet. Uh, so you might ask who's number two and you'll obviously connect the dots when i when you see the the slide because india is number two and they have less than half of the deaths of the united states in hospitals relative to covid so that doesn't make any sense given that their population is four times the amount of the united states and their footprint on the planet is only one-third that of the United States. So how can this possibly be? And it can be because the United States is the only nation where the hospitals are getting paid bonuses to follow NIH protocols that literally kill. So what are those protocols? Well, we know of the, you know, the protocol that killed Grace is, is on the the smaller end of things they do. They used end-of-life meds that they use in hospice care. So they use Presidex, lorazepam, and morphine in 29 minutes, which killed her. But that's not the norm. The norm is remdesivir and ventilators. So when you go into a hospital with COVID, their goal is to get you on the remdesivir protocol, which is five doses. Three doses and more has a 75% kill rate. And then they also, once you get a, get you on a ventilator, which happens to have a $300,000 payday for the hospital and has a 90% kill rate. So that makes no sense, but that is proof positive with the numbers that they are following protocols that kill you. So then you might, you one more set of statistics is you'd think, well, what is, what's the motivation? And, you know, the, you and I both know the motivation is a lot bigger picture than the money. It has to do with the population reduction agenda. And they've got to get the United States on board first. But as it applies to my daughter, Grace, Grace was on Medicaid. Disabled people are on Medicaid. Grace had Down syndrome, so she was disabled and on Medicaid. The elderly are on Medicare. Well, Medicare and Medicaid combined it accounts for 2.2 trillion of the annual 5.6 trillion federal budget, which is 39%. So the federal government has a vested interest in eliminating those two segments of the population just from a balanced budget perspective. And the number one and number two causes of death with COVID in hospitals were, no surprise, elderly and disabled. Well, those are not comorbidities. 
Those are simply facts, and the facts line up exactly with the numbers, which I just explained. So I, I wanted, to, you know, I've done a lot of research, as you know, Apollo, and when you start looking at these numbers, and I did this last research when I was on an airplane a couple weeks ago, and I started, and you, then you start putting it together in a slide, and you realize, oh my gosh, this is, it's the blinding flash of the obvious. I want to put that, this slide back up, actually, because uh, what you said is really important. Annual federal budget for Medicare and Medicaid, $2.2 trillion, 39% of the total budget. I don't think that number really resonates with a lot of people, and that's a number that, uh, especially throughout this entire COVID agenda, certainly hasn't been on the minds of most people. Uh, and I think it's an important thing. I'm glad that you that you make sure to highlight that um, because it's exactly what they did. I, I think I've said this before the first time that, I had you on, but some of the first countries to get hit really hard were Italy and Greece. Uh, you know, I'm Greek. I have a family over there. Greece is a, a one country in particular. I'll just speak about that, where they had just like China, massive, massive uh, overwhelm to their system because of the number of elderly and not being able to take care of them. Greece was in very much the same situation where they were completely taxed with social security with. Uh, you know, all these pensions and everything. Greece has a very, uh, a rather communist style government. It's become quite communist despite the, you know, free spirit of the Greeks. Uh, very much like America, I think. But it's really impossible when you look at this to ignore the fact that uh, this COVID agenda, everything since it started, was a financial move. Uh, and it had so much to do with that. But then also, I mentioned to you uh, before we started that I had a chance to watch uh, the real Anthony Fauci last night. And I think it's so, it, it struck me very much as I was watching this and how appropriate it was that they had Vera in there. And I was thinking back to the interview that we did a couple weeks ago because, you know, you look at the history of Fauci and there were some things in there that I didn't know either. And it, it really just seems like history is repeating itself again. And on these, you know, these different cycles because we have the parallels to what Vera experienced and what she witnessed, uh, you know, with the eugenics programs, with what happened with the Nazis. Uh, but then we also have this, you know, smaller little microcosm of Anthony Fauci doing the exact same thing, experimenting on people, going to the most toxic possible uh, choice that they could have for some novel drug that absolutely destroys the health of people, is not effective, while they uh, push aside anything that would actually save life. And uh, it, it just really struck me. I, it struck me, too. We watched it on Monday. And, I mean, it, he's – Bobby Kennedy, of course, is – you know, he's brilliant, and he's framed this in the, in the right perspective. So, you know, between him and Vera on that film um, – I talked with Vera last night on the phone, and, you know, she uh, – she's got quite a perspective you know i think the two of them if if they could just get on the airwaves nationally and internationally we could solve this if people would just listen to the two of them uh i do want to just hit one more statistic because people don't when you said people don't grasp um 2.2 trillion and they don't grasp that and I, that just hit me because i want to explain something that 
uh, is also on that number slide, which is through the first 22 months of COVID, and that's where I have the statistics. Obviously, we're in month 33 now, but in the first 22 months of COVID, the federal government paid. This is <clears throat> this is right under the underline of why why are the elderly and disabled the population groups with the highest mortality? So you see, we we meaning our the taxpayers paid 400 billion to hospitals to follow the death protocols in the first 22 months of COVID. So you know people. We throw these numbers around 2.2 trillion, 400 billion. I just want to say what this means. So 400 billion, 1 billion is a thousand million. Okay, so 400 billion is 400,000 million. So just process that. You know, that means we could have made instead of paying the hospitals we could have just gave money to people and we would have had 400,000 new millionaires in this country you know it's it's such an, an inconceivable number in you know the hospital system that grace was killed at in the first year of covid received 10 billion so i mean you can see the temptation the government is is literally tempting them meaning the hospitals with billions and billions of dollars and it's it's uh, too much for them to turn away, unfortunately. So then I want to just talk about one other thing because I, I, I don't know how to wake people up. I mean, I, I, uh, I see that as part of our mission, but one of the newest things we, that I, I just got done with these slides that I sent you this morning. So I want to bring those up and show people because how this came about is another lady who lost her Down syndrome daughter reached out to us because Grace's story has got so big, you know, people are contacting us. And so she started sharing some of the records. And so what I want to share is that, so Grace died of end of life meds. Well, this Down syndrome girl died of death row meds. So this is, this has also not been reported in the media that, that I can see. I mean, although back on april 14th so this okay you've got so look at the title of this it says the white coat a veil for state killing now look at the date it's 2014. so this was written this man uh this dr joel zivet he visited a prison and couldn't believe what he saw how they gave these prisoners the the death row meds and you know it just it, he ended up being bothered enough by it that he wrote this article of uh, the white coat a veil for state killing okay so that that could be the title today okay so now i highlighted his name for a reason and as we let's scroll down then on apollo so now april 14th news me Scott, hold on one second. I just want to make sure your connection's coming in. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Okay, go ahead. Yep, so on April 14th, a couple of news outlets reported this, and what they were reporting is on April 6th, it says there was, just you read this, doctors from across the nation have written an open letter to all states that allow the death penalty, asking them to donate certain lethal injection drugs. Okay, so this letter was written April 6th. It got reported in the media April 14th of 2020. So let's uh, scroll down to the next uh, the next piece of this, and you'll see that what they were specifically requesting was fentanyl, midazolam, and verconium bromide, and also uh, verconium bromide. But I want to focus on fentanyl, midazolam, and verconium bromide. So now here's the actual letter. 
So this is the letter that's right below that from um, many of these these pharmacists and, and health experts, and they're writing it to all the state correction facility directors for states that have the death sentence and they use meds to, to kill people on death row. So they're specifically asking for these lethal injections in injection meds that are desperately needed to treat patients suffering from COVID-19. So look at who the first signer of this letter is. Joel Zivo. It's the same guy. It's the same guy that was complaining about the prisons six years earlier. Now he, I mean, obviously he learned something when he was there. He was learning that, wow, we can use these lethal injection meds to kill people. So now he heads up the, the, the letter to get these meds. Okay, so now let's let's go down. So then are they actually using them? Well, this this lady reached out to us. So we'll go down to these are some records from her daughter. So her daughter Megan was was killed. Okay, so now this is these are literally the bills from her daughter. So you see they use midazolam, fentanyl, and you keep going and you'll see so she died on she was taken into the hospital November 19th. She died on December 8th. So you see they keep, they use uh, midazolam, they're already using fentanyl, they use verconium uh, bromide. And if you keep scrolling down, you'll see again, they use fentanyl. But then here's an interesting thing. You see that they they gave her $1,389 of nutrition. Now this, this girl is near dead, but they had to feed her one last time through through her central line and bill another fourteen hundred dollars. All right, let's keep well, going. So and real quick, the billing, you know, to those of you watching, maybe okay. Oh well, fourteen hundred dollars not a lot of money. I mean, if they're doing this to hundreds of thousands of people regularly, it is. And also, uh, am I incorrect? They're if they just start tacking on those little amounts, they're they're still getting a bonus on the total uh, cost of patient okay. care. So every little piece that they add on there just gets bonused on top of it. I would estimate with this girl in the hospital, because they did everything. So they did the, the death row meds. They did um, remdesivir vent. She was in the for 22 days. I would estimate the amount the hospital received was about 750000 on her. So, I mean, this is big time money. And so, I mean, it's it's so ridiculous to be giving her this food when they already gave her the death row meds. What is what is the purpose of this? They already chose to take her out. All right, let's let's scroll down because it gets worse. Of course, it gets worse. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, all this stuff. It just you can't make this up. Uh oh. This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner. Of the show, they're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. 
Uh, between a mar massive arsenal of top-tier firearms and competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, but you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. All right, so look at this. So you see toxilisumab. It looks like some of this is missing. Um, so what I had in the middle was was actual doctor's reports, which I have on my screen. So in, in this case... If you want to share your to... screen, I had to convert it to a different file because I can't bring in documents. So if you want to share your screen, I can put that up. Okay, well, you remember I'm 59, so <laughs> I, it's, a it's a miracle that you and I are even on together. So you tell me how to share the screen, and I'll do it. I have two screens, by the way. So um, did you um did you hit the uh, advanced option before you logged in? <laughs> Here, well, tell what do you, you think? Tell you what. <laughs> I mean, let's hook up a string. <laughs> Here, hold on a second. Uh, Let me find them. This is in death row request. I'll pull it up. Right. Um, we got it was a one. Oh, you know what? They actually oh. didn't come through in the one that you sent me. They're just blank. It did. Okay. I don't know why. All right. Because it came through in mine. Um, all right. So anyway, I just want to go through this because this this girl had a DNR put on her. It says specifically, I'll just read this. I'm So I'm reading from the other screen. That's why I'm turning my head. Uh, the... Uh, doc, father states they do not want the patient to be DNR. This is on, I said November 19th earlier, is actually November 17th. Dr. Fox made aware, plan to speak with family again regarding patient's code status and goal of care. This is what they do. They keep pressuring. So he, the, the dad said specifically, do not want DNR. Order placed, same day, they placed the order for DNR. They made her DNR against the family's will. This is the same thing that happened with Grace. Okay, so then, then the, they ask uh, the dad about using uh, toxilisumab. Okay, so they asked me about toxilisumab with Grace too, and I researched it. So whenever you know, I was in the room for the first three days with Grace. So when they when they told me what they wanted, I said spell it. So I, I they spelled out toxilisumab. I researched it. I called the doctor. Or I texted the doctor that we work with outside, and she did the same. And we found multiple articles, but the most damning one was in the New England Journal of Medicine that showed that taxilisumab, uh, the, the placebo group, did better than the, than the subject group, and it has umpteen side effects. So I showed the doctor this research, and I said, no, we're not using taxilisumab on grace. And he gets mad at me. Okay, well, in this case, the dad... So if you read this, well, I'm reading it too because you can't see it on your screen. Father did not want remdesivir or toxilisumab. Had long conversation with him about risks and benefits of both, and he ultimately cons consented 
to do whatever is the standard of care to pull Megan through. So you can see they pressure him. Okay, so then what what uh, you mentioned about you know thirteen hundred dollars isn't isn't that much, but multiply it out. Well, let's take a look at what their motivation for Toxilisumab is. And that was the last slide that you just had up. It was at the bottom of that long slide set I sent you. And remember, we do have an excellent sponsor of the show, and that is Air Medicare Network. So today's podcast is, again, sponsored by Air Medicare Network. And if you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, or if you like to hike or spend a lot of time outdoors or do uh, you know dangerous things like some of us like to do that may require some emergency medical attention, we all want to make sure that our family is protected in a medical emergency. Uh, and health insurance will not always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight if, in fact, you do need one. But with Air Medicare Network, you are covered. For as little as $85 a year, not only you, but your entire household will be covered in case you ever need air medical transport. Uh, this is a super, super good deal, very low cost, and it's insurance that if you need it, you do want to make sure that you have it. I know people personally who have had to cover those costs, and believe me, they are very expensive. So simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Receive up to a $50 Visa gift card back when you sign up today. That's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and promo code is daily. Go check them out. So toxilisumab, so 800 is the quantity for one dose. Okay, so I don't want you to think this is 800 doses. This is literally one dose. And it's you can see it's twenty two thousand. So what's wow. the motivation of? I mean, it's it's big time money. So I just want people to get a grip that this is happening because that is by far and away the biggest objection I see is they think that Grace's case is an anomaly that you know it's just Down syndrome kids. You know this happens to be another Down syndrome um, girl, but it it isn't just. Uh, elderly. It isn't just Down syndrome. It is a goal to take people out. Well, yeah, you know, it's got huge. I mean, it, it, it's that's mind blowing when you see it, isn't it, Apollo? I have to. I have to I, say, I, when you were because I, I was googling toxilisumab. Uh, well, actually, I was not googling. I, I was searching, uh, but yeah. I, I was surprised when I pulled this up and I saw twenty two thousand. Uh, but again, I mean. They, they agreed they would do whatever the standard of care was. Standard of care, what a disgusting way to phrase what they're doing. I mean, that's just the, this, this Orwellian doublespeak that they like to use. They say standard of care. We, if you, anyone who hasn't seen the real Anthony Fauci, they talk a lot about that. And it's actually it was something that I had forgotten about. I had forgotten that his father was the head of Planned Parenthood. And, I mean, man, that just – you get reminded of that. It just puts in a lot of things into perspective – uh, around this this whole agenda that we see where they're uh, you know pushing for this completely unchecked abortion uh, agenda they're encouraging people to go out and do this we're, we now have a country where we are killing our own children we're funding all of these wars and now uh, I mean it just comes full circle we have a man who uh, whose father was the head of Planned Parenthood who has very clear and strong roots in eugenics uh, despite how they want to want to spin that entire piece of history, and and this man who who uh, you know again the antitrust uh, you know suits that he had gone through years before I'd forgotten about those to be honest and like who are these people that we allow 
to dictate what what reality is. You have someone now with his background, and he's running a program, going out uh, talking about standard of care. You know, working with Anthony Fauci. If this the standard of care, and they call standard of care tox, uh, toxilizumab and remdesivir, putting people on ventilators, and then just magically they starve them and give them all these salt solutions right during administration to maximize the, uh, you know, the effects of remdesivir and some of these other drugs. I mean, th- th- this is this is unbelievable. Oh, you're right. This this business of so when you're in the hospital, they start using those words standard of care. That sounds good. To your ears, it sounds good and it sounds right, but it really means you're signing your your own death certificate if you agree to standard of care. You need to research every single drug yourself personally. Uh, if you don't have the ability, get connected with somebody that does because you, the days of trusting the physician, um, there's too much money involved. There's too much temptation involved. And you know they have a way of... of um, making it seem good to them that, you know, and they've already been trained that we need to allocate care. So, I mean, they, the mindset is is so far gone that you, you have to take personal responsibility for your, your health, uh, especially if you end up in the hospital. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I really do pray, I know that there are a great number of people who are choosing to step away from this system because it's not healthcare. It's it's uh it's not even death care it's really i mean you know it's i don't death targeted care i i, I don't uh, i mean it, it's it's just murder the, the, these protocols everything about this agenda that we've witnessed and the technology it's just history repeating itself and clearly uh it, it just it really breaks my heart that there are still so many who who seem to be locked in this this fear narrative and seem to be looking to these people like authorities? Um, I have uh, I have another another question for you, uh, just just because it it just took place this week. But again, we we talked a lot about crimes against children yesterday. Uh, you know what what was done to Grace, and now uh, you know the other girl that you just showed us, and so many others. I mean, th- this is absolute murder. These are crimes against humanity. The uh, the parallels that Vera brings up are so uh, are so striking and so clear. But they just voted to add the uh, the COVID vaccine now to the childhood schedule, and yeah. that one just blew me away. I want to play just a few seconds of this because, I mean, everything that we've talked about the just the information that you've come and shared on this show, all the research that you've done, all of these other. Uh, medical doctors, you watch the real Anthony Fauci, you watch uh, you know, so many other experts who've been speaking about this, what they've done with this technology, with mRNA. Uh, and now, after all of that, after they've been murdering these children, after we have people dropping dead, they came out in this presentation, outright lied about the fact that they associate COVID infection with 1.8 to 5.6 times higher rate of myocarditis and pericarditis than the COVID vaccination, they outright lie and say that there was no association found between miscarriages, between negative pregnancy outcomes. Uh, and this is, this is how they voted. No conflicts, yes. Dr. Chen? Chen, no conflicts, yes. Thank you. Dr. Wharton? 
uh, and the motion passed um, 15 unanimously in favor. Unanimously in favor. No objections, no conflicts. Every single one of those individuals voted to add this to the schedule. And uh, I want to play just one more uh, short clip uh, just to recap. I, I played it yesterday, but uh, since I have you on, I, I want to make sure that people kind of that they get the picture because it did two things. Number one, it's going to lead inevitably to massive pressure now, once again, just as they did earlier in COVID, to get people in the hospitals, pressure them to get on the standard of care. Uh, the standard of care part, part is important, but it's also going to give them uh, immunity, which they would have lost after they get out of this EAU uh, sham, which they never should have had in the first place. So they're never going to market a vaccine allow people access to a vaccine, an approved vaccine, without getting liability protection. Now, the, the emergency use authorization vaccines have liability protection under the PREP Act and the CARES Act. So as long as you take an emergency use, you can't sue them. Once they get approved, now you can sue them, unless they can get it recommended for children. What? Because, because all vaccines that are recommended, officially recommended for children, get liability protection, even if an adult gets that vaccine. That's why they're going after kids. They know this is going to kill and injure a huge number of children, but they need to do it for the liability protection. I mean, it's it's so disgraceful, and I, I you you might have seen that already, and I'm, I'm sure you've been following some of this, but. I mean, this, this is, this one, is just further, one, further assault on our children. Oh, I agree. One positive out of that was Tucker, Car Tucker covered it last night, mm -hmm. uh, which I was relatively shocked at. But, I mean, he seems to be on the, on the forefront of the you know, mainstream media that's willing to at least get out there and cover some of this. But, um, you know, it was still under the backdrop the person he interviewed was pro-vax, so that they were against this vaccine. But you know, they they really don't frame this into the the context that it needs to be. Which you know, you know the the real Anthony Fauci. You could do the well. Vaxed has already been put out. I mean, what's the reality with all the vaccines? I mean, uh, you would be hard pressed to say that there's any good vaccine. Well, <laughs> it's an excellent point. You know, the uh, I, I kind of talked about it briefly yesterday, but th this is not just about the COVID vaccine. What we what we're witnessing is number one, the finally, and I, I do say finally because it's been happening for so long. But these companies are being exposed not only for being completely contrary in their operation and goals to anything that resembles, uh, you know, any regard for human life, and. It, they vote to add some other vaccines to the childhood schedule. How do any people alive today have any confidence in any of these other vaccines? This, this is some people. This is uh, old news, but uh, th this entire system has to go. And you go back several, uh, I mean, decades back when Fauci was there. It began this massive, uh, you know, this coalition between the federal government and these pharmaceutical companies and these insurance companies. Uh, and the intelligence, the uh, the military. The, the, this is a, a massive web of corruption that is 
purely enriching the pockets of small individual or of, of private individuals and of these massive uh, industries. And the, the cost is, is just human lives. And they, they seem to not only view us as expendable, but as soon as we start getting in the way or we start costing them too much, which you highlighted in your earlier point about Medicare and Medicaid, then we're just, uh, you know, we're, we're like chickens to be called. Yep, that's that's right on. And, you know, of course, they've already started the propaganda campaign saying that uh, myocarditis is caused by uh, kids playing video games. And um, you know, they have they already have signage up that kids have strokes too. you know, trying to normalize what you know, you're everybody is starting to see. You, know, you can't help but see it. Um, but then they normalize that through the propaganda machine. And I mean, it, when I left this morning, my wife was, you know, my wife was just distraught over, over that vote, which, I mean, I get it. I mean, these parents, they're going to watch their kids die. And, um, you know, we know what that's like. I mean, it's just been a year, but it's still raw with grace. I mean, and all these parents are going to have kids that die from taking this stupid jab. Yeah. Well, Scott, I want to, I want to thank you all. I know I, I only uh, had you scheduled for 30 minutes, so I appreciate you staying on a little longer. Um, but I, I, again, I want to thank you for, for your perseverance and, uh, you know, for having gone through something like you, most people, uh, it's hard just to keep going. And you have, uh, you have truly turned this into this, this fuel and, uh, you know, you, you are an inspiration, and I think that people are very lucky that we have individuals like you who, despite having gone through a uh, loss like this, you're willing to uh, to stay in the fight and to continue to share truth. Because right now, everything that we just talked about on on this show, the interview that we had with you and, and Vera, uh, and all the other shows that you're on, you're, you're just constantly making the rounds, and that that's what it takes. If we, if we do not keep the pressure on and we don't continue to just go right at the heart of this, then there are going to be more families who have to lose their children. And they're going, I mean, the, the irreparable harm that's been done to, I mean, the hearts and, and minds and families everywhere, but uh, just to the, just to the human population, it, it's, it's absolutely unfathomable that people could do this. And we, we really have to make the decision to accept that this is our responsibility. We we've allowed this to go this long, and no one's going to stop them. We have to we have to put an end to this. Yeah, I think that's right. I, um, you know, there's days that are tough, but I you know I I also want to give credit where credit's due. You know, you're giving me the credit, which isn't. I mean, you know, you and I have talked. That's technically not correct. God made me a certain way from birth. You know, I've been analytical. I've always been a charger. You know, and obviously he knew that this was going to light a fire under me uh, after Grace died. So, you know, he he gets the credit. I mean, he always he's opened up all these doors. All you know, I'm I just have to walk through them, and I I committed to do that at the beginning. Well, Amen. Well said, and thank you for correcting me. But uh, again, I will I will honor you for for answering that call because many have not done that yet. Well, thank you, Apollo. Well, I want to make sure again. Uh, you have your website. Those, um, the documents that you shared with me, are those up on ouramazinggrace.net? 
I don't have them up there yet. I've been wondering how to how where I'd put them because they're somewhat evolving documents. They're you know the documents I have on the website are fixed, but these numbers are all changing. So when I wrote those up, I wrote them with the support that you know as the months go, I can keep updating the numbers. So I don't have them on the website yet, and I'm just contemplating how to do that. Well, if they. Uh because I know I know we've had a few people asking for them already. Is there given the ones that you sent me those drafts? Are you all right if I share those? Yes, absolutely. Okay, awesome. And uh, of course, we always pray on this show. I haven't uh, I haven't asked if uh, would would you like to pray today, Scott? I, I would be honored. Thank you, Lord. I I don't exactly know what you have in mind with all of this. I just know that. Our responsibility is obedience to what you lay on our heart. And I want to thank you for this opportunity that you gave Apollo and I to to speak truth this morning. And I hope that everybody listening takes the opportunity to share this with at least one other person because that can be their one talent. I pray these things in your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. And Lord, I want to thank you for... I want to thank you for Scott's courage. I want to thank you for him answering the call. And I want to thank you for giving us this platform. I want to thank you to all of those who are going to share this message. And I just pray that everyone else who hears this, everyone that they touch in their lives, that they go and they, they pass the torch to everyone else and that that continues to spread and that everyone who it, who it touches, everyone who it reaches, that it opens their heart and that they answer the call to step in and follow your will as well. So we, we go into this weekend and I, I pray that we are able to uh, find joy in these times and that as soon as we are filled back up with your spirit, with your grace, that we are able to keep moving forward and that we are stronger and more determined and we just are completely moved by your spirit and your love of your people and that we are able to do the same to each other I just pray that we end this we end this agenda and we we honor the memories of those who have been lost and we honor the sacrifices of those who continue to advance your word those who continue to stay in the fight. So I pray us peace, I pray us courage, and I pray us urgency, Lord. Please bless Scott and his family. Please bless his heart. Please bless Grace. Let her let her look down and be proud. I know that she is. I know that she's smiling and a bigger smile than any of those photos. And just let us all pick up our, our own crosses. Let us pick them up and, and continue marching forward in your name, Lord. Amen. Everyone go yeah. to ouramazinggrace.net. Um, Scott has done a phenomenal job putting information up there, doing research. Uh, so bless bless him in any way that you can. Share his message, and please pick up the answer the call. Thanks, Apollo. Have a great day, Scott. God bless you. It's always a pleasure. The pleasure is mine. See you, brother. Bye. <sighs> you guys, I know that uh, you know some of you said, "Ah, oh, it's Friday." I know that, but we don't get days off right now. You know, these, uh, 
we we will try to keep it light. I'm going to lighten it up in the the end of the show. We've got uh, f- a more lighthearted show, you know, because it is Friday, so we like to remember to relax and enjoy ourselves. But there's still a great evil that is that is taking place and is being done to all of us, which is why I, I thought it was so important to have Scott on because uh, this is not stopping unless we do something. This is not going to go away. The evil that is being done and the loss that has occurred for Scott and so many others, it, it doesn't take a day off. It doesn't take a day off on a Friday, on a weekend. The The fight to take back our nation doesn't have weekends. So I apologize if some of you were looking for a, for a lighter show, but I, I thought this was very important. So I'll just ask all of you, please, we are being uh, suppressed everywhere. So please hit the rumble button. There's several hundred of you just on rumble. If half of you hit the rumble button right now, you will help Scott's message and this information reach a lot more people. So if you could please do that, uh, we'd be very grateful. And I know Scott would as well. I'll be sharing the documents that he shared earlier. Um, but if anyone, anyone ready for for some more lighthearted stuff? Because I am. This, uh, you know, It's always important to remember to stay positive and to remember that though we are in a battle like we've never seen before, you know, perhaps only in the movies, we do still have a lot of blessings and we have so many reasons to experience joy. And the joy is the thing that they want to take from us. They want us to be in fear. They want us to be, uh, you know, scared, which is exactly what they did through uh, the AIDS epidemic. It's exactly what they did through COVID. It's what they're doing with Ukraine. All of this stuff, January 6th, it's all meant to keep us in fear, to keep us silent to keep us paralyzed and not be able to think critically, not be able to see what is actually going on. So, uh, which is why we like to do more lighthearted stuff on Fridays, particularly in the evening. But uh, let's talk about Biden, shall we? Because, (laughs) you know, as they are continuing to commit outright murder, they are continuing to destroy the lives and uh, the health and families everywhere. Uh, Biden is giving us a wealth of material that prior to this administration, I really don't think uh, <laughs> I really don't think we would ever expect to see such uh, such fruitful uh, comedic <laughs> uh, media moments from the so-called president of the United States. Uh, so <laughs> this one is funny. Biden stumbles through his abortion speech. He closes with, I'm thank you, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know how many times in our history we've seen a president end with, I'm thank you, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing so much. Uh, there's, a, there's a heaviness, you know, when you, you look at all these things. And, and again, I'll just say... Uh, thank you to all those who did go make a comment uh, to the CDC about them adding the COVID shots to the vaccine program for children. But, uh, you know, l- let's uh, l- let's decompress a little bit. So here was how Biden ended this speech. We are, we are the United States of America, and there's nothing beyond our capacity. So vote, vote, vote. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. I'm sorry. What? You all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> that what thank thank you for allowing me to sit up here and you know and take a break from eating ice cream while I t- while I tell you the economy is fine. I'm sorry for uh, lying to you for being a pedophile. I'm sorry for uh, my son, you know, committing hundreds of crimes and selling out the United States. I'm sorry for the bioweapon that was released upon the public and this agenda that, uh, you know, my son ended up raising hundreds of millions of dollars for funding for, you know, a pandemic screening uh, company for being involved in these biolabs that were funded through our Department of Defense and through DARPA. I'm sorry for uh, embarrassing the United States. I'm sorry for nearly getting us into nuclear conflicts now with, what, two, three, four nations? A retard, yes, he is a retard. Thank you, I'm sorry. Maybe I should end the show with that, thank you, I'm sorry. Uh, But that's not it. He also apparently... Biden, (laughs) he's hooked on phonics. (laughs) Biden is so gone, he will literally read any words. Because, you know, apparently Biden is Ron Burgundy. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) let's listen to this little gem. If you get any questionable calls, please tell us by going to report fraud, report fraud, D-O-T-F-T-C dot gov. <laughs> dotftc.gov <laughs> the cut thank you for your clarity thank you thank you my goodness fetterman uh <laughs> mr fetterman are you satisfied with the progress of the bridge the reporter asks fetterwoman or i don't know fetter fetter thing I'm not really sure anymore uh john fetterman says nothing <laughs> and Giselle responds, we're not doing interviews. We're here to celebrate. What are you here to celebrate? <laughs> I'd like to know what you're there to celebrate. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Fetterman, no. are, are you satisfied with the progress of the bridge? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe did his, uh, maybe his, his built-in teleprompter, maybe his iPhone that was hooked up. You know, with a little screen, did that did that malfunction? The Wi-Fi went out in in front of that uh in front of that crane there. I'm not really sure. This is how much the American people uh, support this this absolute clown. Cook political report downgraded re, uh, our race from lean Democrat toss up. They downgraded our race from lean Democrat to toss up. I need your support. Now, more than ever, can you rush $15 to my campaign today? Literally, the act now, I mean, in addition to Fetter, Fetter thing being a complete embarrassment and completely unfit to serve, which is why people have a problem with him, as the mainstream media continues to pretend that he's a darling. <laughs> Just apparently appearing with Biden... Is enough for them to downgrade his campaign to a toss-up. Uh, <laughs> so Biden spoke about Democrats distancing themselves from him. Let's listen. Then when I ran, we're going to build a country from the bottom up and the middle out, not the top down. When the middle does well, the wealthy do very well. 
So this law is about more than rebuilding our infrastructure. It's about rebuilding the middle class, something John knows a lot about and talks a lot about. Joining me now, ABC's Karen Travers, also Elizabeth Schultz, sagging poll numbers. Why are Democrats keeping their distance still from the president? Is there more to it? And why do you think Fetterman made a different choice today? Yeah, I mean, the poll numbers right there. You know, you don't want to necessarily tie yourself to a president whose poll numbers are at best in the low 40s, at worst in the upper 30s right now. You want to try and make it about your own race, local issues, and separate yourself from an unpopular president. John Fetterman making a different choice. He's one of the rare Democrats who is campaigning with the president. It's a critical state for Democrats right now. They really need to... One of the rare Democrats that is campaigning with the president, the Democrat president. It's rare now for Democrats to campaign and want to be seen with the president of their own party. Win Pennsylvania in order to keep control of the Senate. You have that event in Pittsburgh, and then the president goes on to Philadelphia to raise some significant campaign money for John Fetterman. So perhaps that's part of the calculation. I'll appear with you in the western part of the state, and you're going to raise money for me in the eastern part of the state. But Kira, in a big sense, the, the way the president is approaching the midterms is very different than his predecessors. Now, look, Donald Trump loved campaign rallies. He did more than two dozen of them ahead of the midterm elections in 2018. But he really enjoyed that. Barack Obama did a lot of rallies as well in 2010. This president is not doing that. Even the abortion speech he gave the other day in Washington, that's a speech he could have done out on the campaign trail. Do it in a state where they're voting on abortion. Do it in a state with a battleground Senate race. I asked the White House why not. Kira, they say he's talking about these issues on the campaign trail and they feel he's out there stumping in his way. Certainly not doing it, though, with big, splashy rallies to really rev up Democrats. And Elizabeth, what's next for the president on the campaign trail now? Well, to Karen's point, tomorrow the president's going to speak in Delaware, not exactly a battleground state, pretty solidly blue, just like a lot of the states he's been visiting lately. We do know that he has a trip on the books for the early November in Florida for the gubernatorial candidate who is running a course against Ron DeSantis, a lot of kind of beef back and forth there. The White House says that there are other visits in the works, and the president himself said that he does have candidates contacting him, but it is notable that a lot of these Senate candidates, particularly in the battleground states, are keeping a distance from the president. President now saying they're focusing on their own races at home and perhaps not wanting to have the president by their side in a formal campaign event at a rally or even in a private fundraiser too, Kira. All right, Karen Elizabeth, thank you ladies very much. Okay, so guys, why is this? Why? Why do they not want Biden? Why do you guys think they don't want Biden next to him? They don't want Biden on the campaign trail. Is it because they know that his son is very likely going to be indicted? Is it because they've lost every bit of the narrative? Is it because he does stuff like this? Is it because he ends with this? Sorry. You all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. I'm sorry. Like, my God. Most popular president in history, right? You've got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. The guy who spells dot com. The guy who eats ice cream and tells us the economy is great, who is taken down by bicycles and stares on a daily basis. Is it really any wonder that they don't want Biden? Just uh, to close out, because it actually is a little bit funny when you think about it. It's disgusting, but... Uh, <laughs> so as Steve Bannon was...
uh, sentenced to four months in prison. This is uh, from their sentencing memorandum uh, from before they sentenced him. From the moment that defendant Stephen K. Bannon accepted service of subpoena from the House Select Committee on uh, to investigate the attack on the United States Capitol, he pursued a bad faith strategy of deviance and contempt. The committee sought documents and testimony from the defendant relative to the matter of national importance. Yeah, the national importance being the complete fake narrative that patriots came to insurrect, that they came to commit violence. You know, you saying people, if you saw the episode that we did with Alpha Warrior uh, that I was on with CanCon, my goodness, these people bring hypocrite to a new level. The defendant, a private citizen, claimed executive privilege, which did not apply to him, would have exempted his noncompliance. Uh, and even if it had justified his actions, on the eve of the trial, he attempted an about-face requesting the committee to f- that former President Trump had waived executive privilege. Uh, <laughs> his cooperative spirit vanished. He has not produced a single document to the committee or appeared for testimony for his sustained bad-faith contempt of Congress. The defendant should be sentenced to six months imprisonment, the top end of sentencing guidelines range, and fined $200,000 based on his... Inzi- on his insistence on paying the maximum fine rather than cooperate with the probation officer's routine pre-sentencing investigations. These people are so stupid. They act, they, do they truly think that this is going to do anyone, do anything to anyone? Steve Bannon, of all people, do you think you're going to intimidate Steve Bannon? No. You're not going to intimidate Steve Bannon. And then who else are they trying to intimidate? It's us. Because this is the whole, the whole, J6 garbage. So what? Let's say that they let's say that they hit Bannon. So they got him for four months. Let's say even they got him for six and two hundred thousand dollars. Is that gonna change anything? Is that is that gonna like stop Steve Bannon? Although maybe he'll have to be on the phone call for his podcast, like Jake Lang, so he'll have a little bit less airtime. Uh, but what, they think that that's just gonna destroy Steve Bannon? Even 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 if it did, let let's say they locked him away for life. You have any idea what that's going to do to the the determination of the American people? They've lost everything. Yes, what is it? Okay, why why now? Uh so throughout the pendency of this case, the defendant has exploited his notoriety uh in press conferences and his war room podcast to display the public the source of his bad faith re- refusal to comply a total disregard for government process and the law oh my god disregard for process and the law are you out of your mind you people are so stupid disregard for process and the law everything about this january 6 committee is a disregard for the process and the law Joe Biden's presidency is a disregard for the process and the law. The COVID lockdowns were a disregard for the process and the law. The COVID protocols, the standard of care, disregard for the law. The raid on Alpha Warrior, raiding school board members, disregard for processes and the law. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, this is, this is actually kind of funny, you guys. The defendant ridiculed, this is where it gets good, ridiculed through counsel this case as, quote, a scam from the beginning. Promised he would make this case 
the misdemeanor from hell for Merrick Garland, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden, <laughs> and warned that we're going to go on the offense on this and stand by. When a media member asked the defendant what he meant by his statement that he was going on offense, the defendant replied, stand by. <laughs> the defendant answered that question in the months that followed. <laughs> Rather than respect the criminal justice process and participate meaningfully and seriously in the courtroom defense of his case, for the defendant going on offense meant resorting to name-calling mimicry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he looked. F <laughs> he announced that uh, on June fifteenth, he looked forward to having Nancy Pelosi, little Jamie Raskin, and Shifty Schiff here in trial answering questions. <laughs> they referred, They mentioned in this court document him calling uh, Swallow Fang Fang Swallow. <laughs> Bannon is a troll to the highest level. Guys, they've lost everything. They they have they have nothing left. All they could do is run around about abortion and have Biden, you know, parade around to anyone who will still have him, even in his own party, and say thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. I'm sorry. What a what a spectacle. What a joke. They have the, they have the nerve to act like this, all this indignity over Steve Bannon, calling them exactly what they are. And meanwhile, they're doing things like the like uh, Scott is, is still uh, is still crusading about is still you know tirelessly telling everyone about. I mean, come on, you guys. We have to uh, we have to accept the fact that we we got ourselves into this mess. We did, even those of us who were awake. You know, were we really screaming from the rooftops? Because we could have just mean these people to death ten years ago. Because they are mean. That's why they can't mean, because they literally, I mean, the, the two chicks with the tomato soup who threw their, their soup on a Van Gogh and glued themselves to a, to a wall or whatever. One of the funniest ones I saw was the meme of the two, uh, you know, the two Wojak uh, Antifa chicks. And my God, it's them. It's like the memes become reality. You start to meme them and then they just, it like determines their future. The memes are are like back to the future. We're all we're all Doc, and we're we're our DeLoreans are now the memes. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> oh. Well, that's it, guys. We went a little bit over. Uh, we prayed already, so I want to thank you. Um, make sure again that you do go support Scott. Check out all the info. I'll be sharing some of the documents that he shared on the social platforms. Ouramazinggrace.net is where you can find all of his research and information about uh, what happened to Grace. Uh, so please go do support them. If you haven't seen The Real Anthony Fauci, I highly, highly recommend that you watch it. It's very well done. Bones Mama, what happened in Michigan today? I want to know. Now I got I to gotta search Michigan. I, I'm assuming, what was it? Was it a court thing? What happened in Michigan? I'm going to... I'll finish signing off here, but tell me what happened. Judge rules Michigan SOS Jocelyn Benson attempted breaking the law. Wow! Again! Okay, I'll have to watch it. Oh, man. Michigan. I'm from Michigan. You guys, we've got some work to do. Those witches need to go. Let me tell you something. They need to get out of office. So make sure that everyone uh, remember 
we're all going to show up and vote in person, and we're all going to keep our eyes peeled because these little pieces of trash, these little uh, these little meme giants, they are going to do some stupid stuff because they know that they're they are so so screwed. So we just got to keep our eyes open. Um, make sure as things are destined to get dicey in the next few months. Make sure you do go dcfguns.co. That is their online store. If you go to DCF or yeah, dcfguns.co, use promo code Joe. That's J O E. You get five percent off. It doesn't matter if you're in Colorado. If you are in Colorado, you should go to one of their three locations: one in Castle Rock, two in Colorado Springs. Go use promo code Joe and uh, get some training. And I do mean that. Get a gun. Make sure that you're armed. Make sure they have plenty of ammo. They have a massive amount of ammo. They've got guns everywhere. Some of the best inventory I see anywhere. And they have a bunch of ranges and some really great instructors. It really is imperative that you learn how to use your stuff. Um, So don't just get in the prepper mentality. And most importantly, bring your friends, bring your family, bring your girlfriend, bring your wife, bring your kids, teach them how to shoot. Make sure everybody knows that if someone, uh, someone comes in your house, if people are being stupid out in the streets because, you know, they need to throw another riot to cancel the election or whatever happens, or the supply chain decides to disappear for a couple of weeks, that you all know what you're going to do because it's important to be on the same page. And just like when we speak with uh, patriots like Scott, you know, fathers who are, who are working to expose the truth and get people to understand what they're doing to us, uh, we are going to be the ones to stop that, but we are also going to be the ones who are in charge of what happens in our lives when things get weird. So be your own first responder and make sure that you are prepared. And remember that the, artil- the artillery that we uh, are able to carry on a daily basis is our words. It's our spoken truth. Maybe that's memes. Maybe that's articles. Maybe it's sharing this show. But remember to keep slinging that ammunition because... We are nearing a, I mean, we're in a critical point in history, but we're nearing the end of, of the current phase. So just pray to God and make sure that you and your neighbors are on the same page. Again, bring your, bring your friends, build a community, laugh together about how ridiculous these people are. Laugh at them. They deserve to be mocked. They deserve to be ridiculed because they're an embarrassment. So that's it. We'll see you tonight. We'll have a fully, uh, Fully focused Fun Friday show this evening. Uh, I think Tig is going to be on, but we will see. And, um, oh, yeah, the Fax Blast. Y'all need to go send the Fax Blast today. So, if you guys haven't been following Marco Polo, you really should be. Because, uh, again, Congress has now 459 documented Hunter or Biden family crimes it's time that we demand that they investigate. Garrett Ziegler has been absolutely crushing it, not only on the research and on this report, but also on the memes. Man, that guy slings some fire. Uh, yesterday, Marco Polo Research Group's Hunter Biden laptop report detailing 459 violations of state and federal laws and regulations by Joe Biden's son and business partners. From the Daily Wire, the report, which reviewed the laptop's emails, videos, calendar items, photographs, phone records, financial documents, and more, but also provided context and explanation serves as a Rosetta Stone of white and blue collar crime under the patent of the Delaware Way. The report says we were able to eliminate, uh, illuminate 
Previously, convoluted network webs of the people leading the charge for global governments, cutting through shell companies and middlemen. The report has been sent to all 535 members of Congress, as well as U.S. attorneys for jurisdictions where crimes took place. If the law means anything, this must be investigated and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. That is a big if. Now, I want everyone to understand, I've read some of the drafts of this uh, report, and it really does. It, Rosetta Stone is a very good way to put it. Because if if you don't understand these networks of all these people and have a even a remotely clear picture of how absolutely criminally pathetic and corrupt the Biden family is, uh, not just Hunter. You know, he's a degenerate, but uh, Marco Polo makes it pretty clear for you. And remember, this has been sent to, again, all 535 members of Congress and U.S. attorneys in those jurisdictions where the crimes took place. They know what's coming, and we need to pressure them. Do not let them get away with this. So attention, Congress. Attention! Attention, Congress! Attention! Yesterday, you were delivered a 630-page report detailing 459 violations of state and federal laws and regulations by Joe Biden's son and business partners. These are the crimes documented on the Hunter Biden laptop that has now been confirmed to be the legitimate laptop of the first son. We are anxiously awaiting to see if the law means anything. You all sit in D.C. and make up laws that you expect the rest of us to follow. Hunter Biden and his business partners, including potentially Joe Biden, violated 459 state and federal laws, a smoking gun, a smoking laptop. There is enough to impeach Joe Biden many times over, particularly given the low bar you set during the Trump administration. There is more than enough to prosecute Hunter to prosecute Hunter and James Biden. The congressional approval rating hit 16% this year and is hovering in the low 20s, if you care about our nation and want to restore public trust and confidence, you can't not allow the alleged chief executive of the U.S. and his family to get away with these crimes. You have the report. Read it. Investigate, impeach, and remove Joe Biden. This is the most important moment you will face. Are you on the side of your constituents or on the side of the corruption? Remember your oath. They have the report, guys. None of them can pretend they don't have it. They all have it. You know that they're going to, just like they said, Biden laptop's not real. That, you know, blind guy, he's a nut job. He's totally incredible. It's not real. Uh, the mainstream media said, oh, well, okay, fine, it was real, but it's not important. There weren't any crimes. And then they tried to make that disappear again. They have the report. If you've been following Marco Polo, you already know that there's enough on there. And that do probably doesn't even get into the, the really weird stuff, if you know what I'm talking about. So... Send your facts. Go to conservative-daily.com. Send your facts. Tell them to investigate and impeach this. They have the report in front of them. So attention, Congress. Your moment is here, and your time is nearly up. So choose and remember your oath. We'll see you all tonight. Thank you, and I'm sorry. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family 
with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Fax Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.